Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies. A show where we try and talk about movies but inevitably talk about anything and everything else. I am your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Jen Coyle. To his left is... Colin Heron. What's the crack? No, what are you drinking? I am drinking my version of a wee baby's coffee. Mm, which is... Very fancy. Is that money starting to roll off as podcast <laughs> No, it's because we're, we're doing a bit earlier this week, so I thought I, I could have a coffee yeah. and not be up all night. And, and uh... It's a backdoor drink. It's a... <laughs> back, backdoor boozing. I know, basically, <laughs> I just... Re- it's, ba- it's basically kind of like a, like a latte, but I just replace all the milk with babies. Yeah, I just thought about it as a tablet at the clock in the morning, goes at 12 o'clock somewhere. Yeah. It's basically in a cornflake, you have to put beer in it. Uh, and there's, there's vodka in it as well. <laughs> so it's a fucking white Russian then, you fucking drinking bastard. It's a hot Russian. <laughs> it's a danger Russian. Is that Russian? Russian just... We're on the Peronis, which I did not purchase. Calm here. By the way, he didn't even introduce Calm. It's the first time he's been on the fucking podcast. And he said his name. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's a replacement for Dawn. We kill beer because he has to go to his aunt's dinner, which I think is bullshit. Well, <laughs> Sean Collins is bullshit. That is my go to excuse. Any time in an audition, oh no, that dinner, my grannies. Can I do it? Calm, introduce yourself. Fuck, I don't know. Um, Colin. <laughs> I mean, f- come on, what about what, what them credentials? You were told all about the credentials before we started. Uh, hang on, uh, uh, you, you got your laminate. All, all on the phones, as it were. And, uh, a movie pilot extraordinaire. Worked for movie pilot for a wee while. And uh, when I was in Germany, getting paid fucking buttons. Free orange juice and apple juice and to a lot of them uh, like uh, Blue Label Tesco for a muesli <laughs> and, uh, but there was this cracking coffee machine and uh, it was magic but then he, there was either like, quite a beer and it was just sort of an unspoken role that all the interns could just go right picking three of them home with me <laughs> <laughs> because you're the honest man uh, did, did, you, did you make up that role? <laughs> I took six home with me <laughs> six crits for yeah. any, every day just uh, <laughs> Ten of those schizophrenics are gonna take sex. Oh no, don't tell them. I feel I was meant to. Maggie, all right. Roll out the news to me. Well, no. What have we watched this week? Oh fuck! That's right. What have we watched this week? Oh, I actually have someone I've been thinking about it all week. That I've been meaning to go on me. Well, clearly, since you forgot. Don't I know. I forgot. No, but the whole thing is, I'm actually generally usually when we do this podcast, I don't think about it. And then I just come here and kind of waffle for about an hour and a half. You wouldn't. You wouldn't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I watched a film this week that uh, it's It Follows have you heard about it? what is it? It Follows oh yeah yeah apparently well it's, it's the sex disease movie yes the sex disease <laughs> basically what it is is a while that it came out insiders and industry people are thinking that it's going to be the big sleeper oh, this year fuck it watched it alright it was uh, really fucking good what is really interesting about it is that 
modern horror of the past like maybe 10 15 years since the Blair Witch you've had like your fine footage horror and it's been done to death you've had your Gorno it's been done to death what I like about it follows is it's kind of fresh and it's a wee bit innovative it seems that there's kind of a trend like maybe the past two or three years in horror you've had like films like The Conjuring and Annabelle which wasn't that great but we seem to be going back to maybe the the supernatural aspect of horror which is kind of classic horror tropes yeah. it follows does that but it does it very very effectively it's a very simple premise. I don't want to obviously give out spoilers and all like that, but essentially the storyline, if you don't know it, is a girl has sex with a fella, uh, you know, teenage girl, and then all of a sudden he chloroforms her and he fucking drags her to this warehouse and you're like, what the fuck is this? just going to turn on your standard corner or like yeah. torture porn or something like that. It's a biography me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you produced it, you? You directed, starring. But he starts, he starts talking act. all this magic. He's all, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even in character. We didn't um, even tell you we had a camera on you. Yeah, it was actually a fine footage film. Just hair until movies. The new problem I like to watch. Just really well directed home movies. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Push your hands version of paranormal activity, just hammer us bedroom fucking thumbs. Just fucking flies across the room, he kind of jumps over and then just. That's the climax. Chunks it You're supping one and then you look down and fucking six of them are empty. You're like, what the fuck happened? Supernatural. Supernatural. Why is there six empty tons? Fuck happened. Her wand starts floating away and then you just grab it. The ghost assistant yeah. just feeding, feeding your uncle. Yeah. That's, That's a really horrible yeah. story. <laughs> Give me a drink, you white bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you see, three can't. It follows anyway. Uh, she has sex, this guy, drug on their warehouse. You're thinking, what the fuck's going on? He said, oh, this, it's comfy, it's comfy. And you see this really fucking creepy, like, uh, semi-naked, kind of fucked up woman just walking, static camera walking towards the screen, and essentially what it is, is that they've passed on this supernatural disease, that the only way to get rid of this person following you, who's going to kill you, is they have sex with somebody else, but it's a very, very standard <laughs> shot, but they use it so effectively, see someone who looks creepy, or who's kind of fucking uh, threatening looking, just walking directly towards the camera, slowly, deadly in the camera, it's a really simple trick to use, but they use, it, uses it yeah, that, like, uh, they use it unbelievably well, and yeah. it never loses effect through the film. Precisely. But what I do like about it follows is that it is fresh, because, I mean, you know yourself that a lot of horrors, like we were saying about the, the fine footage in the corner, it's so rehashed, and it's been done to death, and mm. you get sick of all these things after, you know, a few years, because it's basically the same film, only with different yeah. actors and a different writer. <clears throat> this felt fresh to me and it felt different and it was still you know it was using the kind of classic supernatural horror tropes but it was just doing it in a slightly different way mm. I got a big massive John Carpenter fucking influence off it and then I actually read uh, quotes by the director and he was saying that that was his mate and him and George George A. Romero were, were his two main influences even the score it's kind of set in a vague t you know a, a vague time period that a gear's got like a, a Kindle so obviously it's kind of modern day, but all the TVs and the clothes and stuff would actually make you believe that's maybe late eighties, early nineties. So that throws you off. So it's definitely kind of like a, a it's homage. A, a stylist, a, it's definitely a stylistic choice. Stylistically, it is dropping the eighties. And I've kind of noticed that recently too. Just to jump off on the other point that we talked about the guest about a week or two ago, mm. and we oh, I actually haven't brought it up, but Cold in July, fucking one of the best films of last year. I think <laughs> there seems to be this trend at the minute that. Whereas it was the seventies and the sixties before, it seems like now because of the maybe the age, the time has passed and stuff like that. There seems to be a big influence of like the eighties and eighties culture and films. 
Cold in July, <clears throat> stylistically, music choice wise, the guest uh, it follows. Even even prisoners had a wee bit of it there. Uh, they were they said it and very the struck, they chose and like the, the camper van and yeah. all and stuff like that. There, they really struck down. Every uh, there's someone there that I've definitely noticed. Still, still not like set specifically anywhere, but there was just definitely we. I but like iconography um, and maybe stylistically, uh, it just seems like it is the eighties because I've I've noticed that recently that, and I think it's just because the filmmakers who are alive now and grown up and obviously in the position they make films. They more likely grew up in the eighties, so that's the Aye, generation that's 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 what what I was back to. Say, like, <coughs> people who grew up in the eighties are old enough to be making yeah, films. Yeah, making films now, yeah. So uh Heron, have you watched any films this week that you want to talk about? I watched uh The Haunted. Uh it's a William Friedkin film. Mm. Fucking retromanda show. Oh, you went that last night. Aye. It's fucking it's really good because it's just it was I watched because uh, me and my dad would sit down like on a Friday or something and watch watch a film together and all and it's just it's just a specific thing. You have to pick sort of thing. Is you go through a bit of a freaking phase at the moment, You watch Sorcerer recently. Well, there's not much of a phase. There's five good films. No, but it's just, no, but I mean, recently it was just, you know, it was always French Connection and Exodus and all that kind of thing. And then it was somebody told me about Sorcerer and all that there and all. And then just, I remember actually seeing The Hunter a few years ago. I'm going, fuck, I actually remember that. There actually there was just, finally. Like, <laughs> it just, it just had a lot. And I thought it just sort of, and then I just, just kind of figured sometimes I don't want really to push my dad too much because he's a very kind of he likes spy can, stuff he likes sort of CIA stuff he likes all that there as we say or that, he likes Harry Potter yeah but uh, <laughs> I not the hunt I do it was just uh, I remember it a few years ago when on there I just thought you know what I'll rewatch this here whatever and then because uh, I just uh, bought a couple of freaking things and uh, it was like fucking uh, just because I do I do like I just I really like freaking I think he's, he's one of the best he really is and just he it's a thing when you talk about directors that have strong drama strong visuals and that like like sometimes he, he's like too strong a visual sometimes I feel like I mean I love performs a good tradition but I think it's visually it overtakes the film a wee bit yeah. whereas like for example just off the top of my head like some of the Cassavetes is pure drama yeah. and it's just it's all and it's a, the visuals are an afterthought because Aye. it is supposed to be complete realism exactly and yeah. I thought you know it's uh and it was like Scorsese was saying the other day, we were listening to the Scorsese interview and he was saying that uh, he's, oh, he's right. somewhere between... Shut the fuck, I'm running up a street there, he's buying a sausage roll out of It's like Scorsese said the other day. Am I? I was fucking stalking him. I'm a manager in the Grand Central. I'm for a couple of rochettes to it. A couple of lines of truth. Say no, I'm just... Say no, I'm Robert. What do you call it? Uh, no, I was just I was watching it because I'm I'm sort of in a, in a, a phase of watching Age Innocence, but I'm talking about that later. But it was just this thing of uh, he said his films kind of marry the the strong visuals of like Orson Welles and the drama of Cassavetes, and I think that's that's right. It's exactly he's I think that's why he's mm. the best. Like is because he he matches drama and visuals and freaking I think is the same when he's fucking when he's got a good story and he's got good actors and whatever he can really do it. Like it was just it's just sort of hand to hand fight knives at the end of that film and it's on a waterfall and it's just you know it's fucking breathtaking it's fucking classy I watched Swingers this week that's right they were texting me they wanted to tell me about it and it's funny we were talking about oh when are the 90s films going to happen that is a very 90s film yeah but it's I mean it's, it's of its time period it's made in the 90s for the 90s I know because yeah. that's that's what I was thinking watch is like it is very of its time but it's very of its place as well mm-hmm. like in Hollywood kind of yeah these actors, producers, comedians kind of thing, all trying to make it. And so it does feel a bit kind of... I, I love films again because it's, it's, it's kind of like a wee, like a, a time capsule. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you'll never see that sort of direction or that sort of narrative again. It is. I mean, any team you'll see that now, it'll be a pastiche or it'll be very right. forced or kind of, you know, like a, you know, people trying to have that style. So it's, yeah. it's, it's great to look back on that and, and actually but, fucking uh, see it. And the, it's original. The thing I really liked about it though is the the, the dialogue in it though. It still it's fucking super. It still feels really fresh and and rel relevant. Like, what's always heartbreaking about you never, swingers? You've never heard that again. Like, yeah, you know, of course. Like, what's always heartbreaking about uh, swingers is that Vance Vaughn, Starmick, and Roll like so yeah. so good. And then obviously Vance Vaughn's went on. You know, he's done some you know pretty I, good, it's, good it's, comedy it's, films. It's I've always of, thought, it's kind yeah. of before Vince Vaughn realised that his whole shtick was working for him. You yeah, know what I mean? like, exactly. That's where that's where it began. Like. The thing that uh, kind of it's a wee bit heartbreaking about Swingers is the fact that Vance Vaughn, Starmick, and Roll like I was just saying there now. And then I've always been kind of disappointed with like Vance Vaughn's career as if like I've, he I'm grows up, he grows up, and he grows up. <laughs> but like, but. Uh, <laughs> I've always been disappointed by it and the fact that watching Swingers, he's this ball energy and he's so funny and he's so suave and then he kind of went on to have a bit of a mediocre career just do shit after shit comedy. He's not like hoping, like, you know, like Psycho, he could do a remake of Psycho. But I mean, like, it was the... Clay uh, Pigeons is good. It's, it's awful, Clay Pigeons is fucking it's awful about Vance Vaughn that the one time that he tried to go artistic and try to kind of find himself to it for the art that he chose the rehash of Psycho, which is one of the most <laughs> butchered films of all time because it is literally... What was it? It's the only film that I've ever watched. Uh, and if it's not loved, broke, don't fix it. So uh, fuck off. I mean, they literally don't even try and fix it. They just don't shot for shot. I mean, like, I'm like, I... I Bogan? Absolutely Bogan. I mean, like, I don't know. It's one of the few films that I literally watched and thought... What is the point? How did this get funded? Because you're not taking a different spin on it. You're not trying to modernize it. You're not trying to do. You're literally doing it's it shot fucking, for shot. Why are you doing camera this? assistant and they couldn't afford a director. She's right. Fuck us. Buy the fucking director and can give us. But it's almost like Gus Van Sant. I, I think it's Gus Van Sant. It's Gus Van Sant. I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cut that. <laughs> Okay, uh, first news, uh, Brad Bird confirms that his next film is going to be Incredibles 2, but uh, he's said that he wouldn't mind directing a Star Wars film, Ooh. just just casually just, said just, that, uh, but he also no, wants to do so, some more original stuff, so basically Brad Bird wants to make films for years. <laughs> yeah, but the thing, I mean, it's kind of cool with Brad Bird, I'm a director, I want to make films. I'm going to see you later. <laughs> <laughs> He's not British, is he? Nah. <laughs> that's just... That's just... He, he, he is on this fucking podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so Incredibles 2. What is about Brad Bird is... It's kind of cool. Obviously, we're chatting before we fucking even started this podcast. You're, you're a massive Star Wars fan. How would you feel about that? I think that'd be a really interesting take. Brad Bird is yeah. fucking bad, I think. From his experience as a Pixar and stuff, I think he can make a very, very interesting film. I know, I Mission Impossible 4 is a fucking tremendous show, right? Is that Brad Bird? Bird? That was his first yeah. live action one. Yeah. I don't know that. That's unreal. And he's also done Tomorrowland. It's kind of strange. Is he? Tomorrowland's going to be him, man. So he's got some fucking... He's got a serious filmography behind him. I don't know that, man, but I might go see it now, like. No, I know we're we're excited. We, uh, we're excited. I mean, we, we discussed this like in the, the the first podcast where we we watched the trailers and stuff like that, and uh, the trailer's kind of weird because it's it's not even like a, it's just a section of a film. You know, I mean, it doesn't really uh, fucking. Uh, yeah, it's just one section of a film. Yeah, well, there's a few trailers out there, but uh, that one it's it's essentially just the same. Mm. Also, about oh, Mission Impossible, it's kind of weird one. But I think Mission Impossible is one of the few franchises that has actually got stronger as it's went along because. You look at the first one. I, I think the first one's cool though. I think the first, the first one's, one's one of the strongest. But see, the, but see the first and the 
fourth the first one's really struck back and it's really I, just a kind of general kind of spy and no, but if you notice that those things from the first one actually bled more farmer under the yeah, fourth but it's, than it's, it's, the it's got kind of bigger and bigger as it's uh, went along you know i mean usually uh, franchises kind of dip off then but it seems uh, like this is getting more momentum no, like but, kind of fast and furious too. no no but like but like junior and kind of proper espionage and all they, they actually they went back to the basics of one but with a, a scale of the fourth i think there's a big gap in the market for that i think there's not enough kind of standard spy or espionage for Mission Impossible is Mission Impossible 3 I think that's better in 4 so, uh, I know I, is Hoffman 2 or 3 folks that's 3, three. three. Yeah, I know, that's yeah, the best one he's, 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 a, a, great, he's a great villain in it and it's just R.I.P. no yeah that was J.J. Abrams and then it was J.J. Abrams that got Brad Burge Mission Impossible 4 because mm-hmm. it it's Bad Robot producing it and stuff so uh, Brad Bird saying he wouldn't mind doing a Star Wars film. You know, JJ's doing as well. Yeah, JJ's doing the new one. Because because you see, obviously they're doing the anthology movies in between the episode movies. Is Ryan Johnson confirmed for a sequel? Ryan Johnson. Yeah, he's he's confirmed for the next one after the Force Awakens, which is what's it called? Ryan. No, Ryan Johnson is doing episode eight. There's. In between episode seven and episode eight, there is a Star Wars anthology what? called Rogue One. Okay, it is Rogue One? It, it's being it's directed based on Jango Fett on it, or no? It's it's based on. Or no, what's Rogue One? Rogue Rogue One is based on uh, a group of rebels stealing the Death Star plans, which leads in the A New Hope. Yeah, because that's what oh. where New Hope right, starts. Right, they have right. the Death Star plans, yeah, yeah. so it's it's about that mission of how they got the Death Star plans. But that's being directed by Garth Edwards. But as a Star Wars fan, did you not? He did uh, Godzilla and Monsters. Yeah. But did you not say last week that uh, all prequels are bullshit? So as a Star Wars fan, do you not think of this prequel is bullshit? It's not really a prequel. Well, it is. It is a fucking prequel. It is a prequel. It is a prequel, but it sounds good, right? It does sound very interesting. But um, no, yeah. So Ryan Johnson is writing and directing episode eight, and he's writing episode nine, but he's not confirmed the direct episode nine. So right. Brad Bird could slip on there. Directly Jeez, I wonder what, how, how did... Speaking of Ryan Johnson too. He has great time, but like, I mean, he's, right. def, he's definitely like a sort of a, you know, what would you say? He's an acquired taste. Like, Ryan Johnson, I, 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 so? I, No, but I, I, I really like him. But I'm just wondering, like, how, how did that, you know, how did that happen? Like, with Star Wars? Mm. Because you, you would imagine you're, you're Spielberg, so like, another kind of thing. I know he's a definitely... But his films are, are very specific and very niche. They're I think Looper had a big say in him doing Star Wars because yeah, it shows that he can handle sci-fi on a kind of smaller I budget and it shows that he can fucking keep it tight. Yeah. Apparently as well, just because he's young and he's fresh, maybe get a fucking different tech on Star Wars, you know, it's kind of... Do you know I mean? Go from J.J. Evans to like Ray Johnson, it's sort of, you know, I don't know. I like that though because, I mean, even a, a few years back when, uh, I remember Kenneth Branagh done Thor, and Thor, I think... And Thor, Thor is probably, I think, personally, one of the most... Of all the, the the Marvel films, I think it might be one of the most solid, if not the oh, best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thor, especially when Thor Actually, was the hardest selling character. I think he he did a really good job of actually bringing in Thor because everybody thought it'd be hard because, because a while lot of people, yeah, God, a while lot of people say about the Avengers that yeah, Thor, Thor, yeah, Thor is the hard the hard one to bring because all the rest of them, I mean, it's your kind of standard. Superhero, like you know, say, oh, like the Hulk, he's you know, got ra- radioactive, and you know, all these boys discover the powers. Thor is literally a god, yeah. and he's got his own fucking realm and world, and that is very so. I think it kind of 
uh, Brown, obviously, yeah, Brown, Brown, get because he's dealt, with fucking, yeah, yeah. he's dealt with Shakespeare, he's done an unbelievable version of Hamlet for the screen, so he could definitely handle fucking Thor, which is basically a bastardization of fucking Shakespeare, only in like a, a fucking Norse other realm, mm. but I think he done a really good job of introducing that, because it was so a really hard classic job. Classic what do you call him, uh, uh, Loki, what do you call him? Uh, Tom Holliston, he's fucking he's excellent, he is excellent. I, I just think he's class. He's got this. Do you know, yeah, like, I like him, and I like fucking, what else do you call him, uh, Jason Isaacs and all that. I love they Jason Isaacs. They tend to play baddies and all, but there's just, there's something about boys that play baddies, they're just the fucking soundest, coolest dudes. Like, they're, just, we were, they're just really cool. What we were chatting about, yeah, yeah. it was actually, it was fucking They're just like fucking, and, yeah, of course, and all there. It's always the boys that play the good guys that you think. There's been reports claiming, but it hasn't actually been confirmed that Asa Butterfield is the new Spider-Man. I've seen that, and uh, you know what? I was kind of happy about that. I thought it was confirmed. I thought it was confirmed. I, I, no, I, I, it, it, it was uh, Latino Review put it up as confirmed, but then I think Variety came out and said that it hasn't actually been confirmed. Variety, obviously, as gospel. Well, I don't know. Latino Review, they, can, they confirmed lots of shit. Like, like, Aye, but they... They, 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 they confirmed like, about... I think it was about ten months ago. They confirmed that there was like a another born with Matt Damon, or or at least Damon was going to be in another yeah. born, perhaps with Jeremy Renner. They confirmed that ages ago. Like, see, I'm looking at Asa Butterfield thing because one of my main complaints about he, the last two, he, he was actually my pick because there was there was about five names that yeah. was kind of put out there. I know the five names I want today. Asa Butterfield. I think he's really good. My complaint mm. about the last two Spider Man is that uh, obviously. Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah, first of all, first of all, yeah, they're, they, yeah, they're both thirty and they're, they're too old. But it's the whole thing with Spider-Man. Obviously, Peter Parker is supposed to be nerdy, but still kind of charming. But it doesn't specifically say, or it's never been kind of specified that Peter yeah, Parker has to be was good really, choice, really good. Tom McGuire was good and he played it very well. But Andrew Garfield. I, I know, but see, I like Andrew Garfield, but there's just a thing about Andrew Garfield where it's like, it's like, oh, McGee coming here, but then he's got this perfectly coiffed hair. And he's obviously so fucking good looking and he's so. Unbelievably charming. If that was the case, and Peter Parker was genuinely like that, and not social awkward, then why is he being fucking lambasted as the, the school geek and all this shit? Yeah. I think sometimes it, it's just a wee. It's it's a very aesthetic thing. It's a very small thing, but I just think it's a, sometimes he's a wee bit too polished. Asa Butterfield, I think, has that nerdier look, and he's not as kind of you would say maybe classically good looking. He's he's small too. Yeah, he's, he's smaller. He's definitely he's boyish. Yeah. Yeah. They're going a lot younger with as well. Like, but that's the way it always should have been because I, Spider-Man gets his powers when he's what, 16? He should be a boy. He should, I mean, uh, because that then is raised to the top of the end all the more fucking kind of compelling uh, well, because you see him buff up and you see him kind of grow and take the responsibility. You know what I mean? That's the <laughs> upon him. But, there was, uh, yeah, buddy. There was rumours that... Crowbar down him. <laughs> As my main you talking about uh, Amazing Spider Man when it first came out. And I really like that first one. Uh, but uh, Martin Sheen trying, trying, trying to say that famous line, but I, in a different way. They don't want to say it with great power comes great responsibility in any Does other game. Did Sheen actually away. fucking say it? No, no, no that's they, a thing. They, that was our thing. They, they basically broke out of the source. And I, used they every were, other they were, word. I, they were trying. They, they say the line, but not saying because they didn't want to fucking rub off the last one. Is that is that typically Spider Man that line? Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Pretty sure I'm not sure through the comics, but I think that the, the first Spider-Man so film really put on that public conscious. You know what I mean? So yeah. fucking. No, I, I think it is a thing throughout the comics, mm. but uh, I think just obviously more people seen the first Spider-Man. Yeah, and then it kind of thrust on everybody's mind. Yeah. So people would think you're kind of ripping it off. Um, I was totally going to say something else. 
I know there was there's actually rumors as well that what they're planning on doing with Spider Man is like each of his standalone films because obviously he's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Mm. That it's going to be a different year of high school, so it's going to be in high school for like at least three years. See, that's the best thing that's because cool. actually, like before really going to college, like one of the most I think the most effective kind of uh, well the best portrayal of Spider-Man was the kind of animated series when you were kids and watching it mm. on Saturday mornings that's what kind of put you know well obviously the comics but we maybe done the access to the mm. comics as kids here like in fucking Ireland but like, it was really the animated series was the first in the first film I thought it was really badly observed that high school stuff yeah because I mean the, 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 one of the main focuses of the animated series is like the kind of duality between his high school life and being Spider-Man and you kind of lose that in the films. They just kind of yeah. the high schools and I after the high school stuff was I mean? a lot better observed and the Amazing Spider-Man. I thought it was far better observed. It wasn't. I do think so. They focus on it a bit more. Yeah. It was just be- it was just better. It was just more thought and all. And I mean, I know. I mean, Sam Raimi. You know, I think you know he's about past age sometimes and all and that. That's sort of part of his style. Like, but mm-hmm. in that first one, I was just going, I fucking hate this high school stuff. It's fucking shit. Because he made it really mundane and just it's shit that you would see in any teen film. I know it's like it's just like right. It's a book of cliches fucking on strangers and in all fairness that kind of I mean like the cliches for a reason in the original Spider-Man comics that's kind of how it was portrayed but yeah. I mean the modern audience you've seen it so many times maybe just fucking change it up a bit what's there a great uh, credit scene at the end of Age of Ultron is it right on that Spider-Man isn't it no that's that's fake but yeah here let's move on I'm going to insert you a drink Go for mm-hmm. it, All right, well, we'll go to bed. Oh, well, just two seconds. Do you yep. want to talk about the new Magnificent Seven? Oh, for fuck off, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Is that happened? Yeah. Oh, pass off. I think it's kind of an interesting thing, though, because... Well, fair, I, don't even, one, I, I don't even like original. Like original but because the last one has been... Here, go go you get your drink, and we can focus on If you want to talk about it, we'll, we'll have a wee drink. Because I mean that was the was so long ago, like, I mean, what was it, fucking, like, late 50s, early 60s or something like that? It'd be kind of interesting to see, I mean, like, I... I'm good just for a beer if you can get one. I just bring up whatever. Cheers. I think Magnificent Seven will be interesting because it will be such an excuse to go over the top and have a massively lavish cast. Like, just an excuse well, to do get... You, do you know the cast now? No, I don't. I've, I've, they started name ones? Yeah. Fuck, I really get up my news, man. Anytime you're just surprising me with news every week. I'm, I'm falling behind, man. I'm fucking falling behind. Okay, I'm actually quite excited to see your face as I read this out then. Oh. Okay. We have Chris Pratt. Oh, yes. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, yes. Jason Momoa. Oh, yes. Matt Bomer. Yeah. Who's Matt Bomer again? The guy from White Collar, if you've ever seen anything. Yes, he is the... He's the main guy. Is he not, like, one of the first... Well, not one of the first, obviously, but one of the first kind of sort of half-lead men to come out as gay? Oh, I don't know. Is that a whole thing about that? Fair fucking play, but anyway, continue. He's on Magic Mike Google. Um, Oh, no, actually, that's the wrong guy, Denzel. Denzel! Denzel. Oh, man. Ethan Hawke. Oh, man. Trinity Reunion! <laughs> so good. Well, do you, do you know who's directing it? Who? Anton Fuqua. Oh, fucking that's a, that's <laughs> a Trinity Reunion. Holy fuck. Yes. That sounds very, very interesting. I know. It's, it's really good. Is it going to be modernised? Or is it the same story? Is there anything released about that? Um... Uh, the the thing what it says on IMDb seven gunmen in the old west gradually come together to help a poor village against savage thieves oh yeah so they are kind of keeping up that same fucking seven yeah well, that sounds pretty cool I know it sounds I think it sounds really interesting especially with Denzel back up with Fuqua yeah and Fuqua as well is a really kind of like visual director it's like fast cutting fucking there's always kind of like tension through it all those films so I mean like, I think that would lend itself well to a modernised western yeah cool What's the next movie? Because he did, uh, he, uh, Anton Fuqua did a kind of underrated action film that I really enjoy called Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that is. It is really I, fucking I really, really underrated. 
And I mean, I think it was going through that period where I think it was overlooked because Mark Wahlberg had a string of stinkers. I think he just had to happen and people were kind of getting on him, you know, and they were starting to call him Marky Mark again and kind of <laughs> criticising him being an actor, even though he's fucking done some cracking performances. And he's never really kind of fully shook off that tag with Mark Wahlberg. I think Mark Wahlberg, in a way, is still kind of seen as a bit of a joke. Nobody really takes him seriously. Even I like though Mark I, I really like Mark Wahlberg, but he's, he's fucking knocked out so many good performances. But I think he's found it hard to fucking shake that off, you know what I mean? Man. That Marky Mark and the Funky Boy that he's got going on. <laughs> that's years ago. Next news. Uh, no, that's news, don't we? Oh! So we'll move on to the topic. Topic time. Do you want to go first or will I go first? Heron is a maggot. Yeah, Heron's a maggot. I don't know what he's doing. We'll just talk about his topic. <laughs> My topic this week is... I can't only you know, do it whenever I say it, but anyway, we can... Me and you can Aye, he'll, he'll be back up. Uh, underrated directors. Uh, the reason I put underrated directors is because there's so many directors out there who get a lot of acclaim and a lot of notice and deservedly so I mean they've made great films and they're obviously good artists but then there's so many films that are what is I, he doing I, I think Harris is bringing up every beer bottle <laughs> we have in the house he's, he's going to come up all tuck in the arm <laughs> he's going to find a crate somewhere in the fucking <laughs> just by, back in his movie pilot days <laughs> here he comes amazing guy Jesus Christ <laughs> he's got a ball of it he's a ball of vodka Four or five tons. Mickey has some good characters in the Norwood, so I just broke, <laughs> I just broke everything, really. Match. But yeah, we're just chatting about uh, the topic for this week. Uh, here, well, our topics this week. I've started. My topic for this week is on the road directors. I'm basically saying that because <coughs> there's so many directors and so many films. David Gordon Green's bang. Bang, straight off the bat. But a lot of directors get a lot of acclaim and less deserved. But because there's so many directors that fly on their radar and are consistently good with their films, maybe don't make big box office, so they're not, you know, very, you know, seen that much mm. I thought it'd be an interesting fucking topic to go down you said David Gordon Green why David Gordon Green? Uh, because I was younger and uh also even for the listener who maybe doesn't know maybe name a couple less films the well his actual his best known films is probably Pure Highness which is pure pesh yeah, that's right and uh <laughs> Pineapple Express which is that's great it's a entertaining romp but uh <laughs> no uh Near the Sutter by Jonah Hill, which is alright, it's like a. I didn't really like the Sutter. It's like, I don't know, I think it's like a Sunday evening hangover. Yeah, it's a Channel 5 one. Yeah, like, scratch your right bollock and that really. I'm already regretting what I'm doing right <laughs> now. But I just, I agree, I have it, it's sort of alright. But I think the one that really got me when I was younger, it was just, it took me ages to find a copy of the DVD as well, <clears throat> was uh, All the Real Years with Zoe De Chanel. Got the Verity. It's fucking unreal, what you should watch it. But it's. I, I like it's, Zoe. Uh, everybody likes Zoe. She yeah, she, 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 she cool. I think I, yeah, yeah, she doesn't mind touch on that because I think she yeah. she's knownly kind of fucking absent. Yeah. She knows what her image is. She she, she's she's got false or something. Well, Michael Sarah and Jack Black are guilty of was just doing their best Michael Sarah impression or their <laughs> yeah, best Jack yeah, Black exactly. impression on film. But it's basically she she's trying to be a caricature of herself, which is kind of strange. I suppose, but it's whatever. Like I mean, she's more she's a great musician as well. Actually, she and him. She has a band. She and him is fucking class. But I this here, it's your man. I can always forget this boy's name. He played Dick Little and uh, uh, Oh sorry, what age am I? I know, <laughs> no, nobody played Dick Little. Uh, okay. Assassination Jesse James. Oh 
fuck I think uh, that's yeah, a great oh, I'm, really, I'm really sorry I laughed at that because that's one of my favourite films I know it's, 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 that it's, so I'm sorry remember right there it's, uh, it's, all, it's with two D's oh you're talking about uh, Paul Schneider ah, Paul he's Schneider. an excellent actor he's a, it's the, they're the two leads in this film all the real gears and your man fuck. all the real gears you say all the real gears that makes it's, us all the real gears it's Swedish Nail it's Paul Schneider and it's what do you call this fucker he's, he, he plays the he's the minister and true detective he's in Boardwalk Empire he's in he's playing Boardwalk I haven't then. seen Boardwalk but I know he's in it but you know he's the minister that ran this sort of Baptist church oh thing, yeah detective. sure uh, Shea Wiggum Ah, and he was in World of Wall Street as well. We're talking about he's a class actor. He's, he's fucking, fucking so he's If we're talking about other electors, not directors, he'd be right up there for me. He's fucking amazing. He's in Fast and Furious too. You know, yeah. and he's in all. He's also a lot of work. He does all these small parts, like mm. all, but he's just, he just, you know, he's great and he's amazing in that. And David Gorgon says that he had a, he actually got braces for the part because he's just a sort of, he's got this big quaff and all, and he wears denim and all. He's a man's man. And he drinks and all there and all, and it's like a small sort of town in uh, like North America and stuff and. Uh, he got braces because he just thought it would sort of add this sort of almost like vulnerability to him and it just they always mm. be things about it and it's it's a great film it's it's, it's like a sort of well bird sort of novel genre it's, it's you know uh, kind of has sort of tinges of like uh, there's a really good author called Wally Vlotten he's also he plays with a band called Richmond Fontaine fucking great and he had a film called Motel Life for Emil Hirsch one of his novels got adapted on it great film as well but uh, all the real gears uh, David Gordon Green it, it's a serious fucking watch like I'm sorry, I went off my mind there. No, no, but that's the whole point of that topic. What about yourself, Mickey? Well, you see, when you said underrated directors, I wasn't really sure, kind of... Steven Spielberg. Alfred Hitchcock. Mr. Sidney Poitier. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wasn't really sure, kind of, what way to take it. So, I, like, nothing sprung to mind straight away when you said underrated right. directors. So I decided uh, to Google. Oh, you didn't your Google answer. your answer, did you? No, I didn't Google my answer, <laughs> and I can guarantee you're going to hate my fucking answer. But but no, I I decided to Google. Just I hate to, it. Just just, <laughs> just to kind of see what you kind of meant. But like, I found IMDb list and like said Dar- uh, Darren Aronofsky. It's like I wouldn't say he's overrated. I think I think he's overrated. But then I I, I next... fucking absolutely love the fountain. I think the wrestler and I hate the fountain. I love the fountain. A lot of people think it's a wee bit pretentious, and but I I, I really love it. Ah, I've always, me personally, you know, like obviously, it's like a fucking as a filmmaker, as a writer, it's I've like always two actors fucking acting in front of a screensaver. Ah, I know what you mean. I know. I mean, like, some 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 it's over. <laughs> I, 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 I do agree. Some it's overly polished, but I've always liked the idea of three representations of the same person in different time periods and how they would kind of uh, react to, the, to that world. It's a, very, it's a really subjective film. If, if, you know, if you let your... It's about, I suppose it's about you emotionally too and it's about what, what you like in film and all mm. and it's, just, it's very, very... There's films that I just emotionally just go for. People just want to... You know, it's just... They just Horrors. sometimes get you and they just, <laughs> just got you. Like, you know what I mean? They really just... You know, it's just right. Uh, Back to this list, right? So there's Darren Aronofsky, which uh, I, I wouldn't say is underrated. Then there's that. David Lynch... He's definitely the, not on the road. The Wachowskis, Luke yeah. Besson, which I would kind of agree with Luke Besson. Who fucking wrote this last minute? I know, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm fucking saying. Paul Thomas Anderson. Fuck's he on the road? George, well, George Miller. Miller. And I'd say until, until There Will Be Blood, I would say the PTA probably was underrated. But uh, I think now he's, he's definitely in the kind of fucking mainstream. Like, people yeah. know him, they know his work, they know he's good. But you know, like, you know, I know you're John, 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 John Carpenter, Frank Darbo. Oh, John Carpenter. Uh, John, Carpenter John Carpenter was my original pick. You know yourself, I'm a fucking crazy John Carpenter fan. I'm a huge, huge John yeah. Carpenter fan. He was the reason 
that I've done the other director's thing. It's like, oddly enough, he's not the director <laughs> I'm going to choose uh, because I don't want to be too obvious. But uh, John Carpenter. I remember watching this interview with him and they were just asking about all these Halloween rehashes and all. And he says, so yeah, some, some guy, he was, he was drinking cans and have a fag. I love He's just straight to the oh, point. And he's a, he's a, he's a, a fucking idiot. Some, some guy comes, comes to me and he says, I want to make a Halloween movie. He's all, do have to do anything? Do have to write anything? Do have to write anything? No, he's all, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting there. He, says, he doesn't give a fuck. fuck. He's like, I've made, man. And I think <laughs> he went on to say something like, I've made what I think is the yeah. best one or the best I could do so I don't give a fuck anybody's going to try and whatever like go ahead fucking have at it I've seen this other video as well they were, too, they were like, talking they about made, they made the best one like. they were talking about the Halloween rehashes as well it must have been this other video. it might have even been the same other video. but uh, they're all like I am I'm named as an executive for just from the film and then they're all oh, what's that about what do you do there and he's all I come and I smile I say hello to people I go home going to my bed <laughs> <laughs> he loves just having a beer he's fond of a pint definitely yeah. <laughs> right. So I I seen I seen a few lists and they were kind of much like air like I didn't really think any of them were underrated. So the way I took underrated is a director that probably most people would say they hate. All right, yeah, okay. And uh, or so, so, someone you wouldn't really necessarily always think of as a director. So it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's I, very. I mean, like besides besides and like Shalaman or Obol, I, I can't really think of a director who's kind of. Distinctively hated. I mean, like some people might oh, like a sitting around. Wait, 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 He's, he's I like Walter Murray a lot, and I Cable Guy is fucking, it's silly, you know. It, I, I, the best author, right, Cable Guy? He did yeah. Did he? Fucking hell, there's one full of books I've got. Did Judd Abbott co write that as well? I'm not sure. Or he was son on it, I think Judd Abbott, I think that's where he went, Lizzie Man or son, I don't know. But, uh, the yeah. best author, Tropic Thunder, I find Tropic Thunder sweet. I see Cable Guy's sweet, Zoolander, Tropic Thunder, really funny. Walter Murray, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I really liked it as well. It, it and got me right the feels. No, big time is for me too. It's almost like Edom Greenberg as well, and he was kind of he was going on the his more dramatic phase. And what I loved about the Secret Life of Walter Murray that was no uh, Bombay Greenberg. Yeah, was it was indeed. Uh, but uh, what I liked about uh, Secret Life of Walter Murray is people went down there expecting a Ben Stiller comedy, and it's yeah. the complete not the opposite of the, what you would expect. The, the, the bit in Walter Murray were actually like I love really glossy films like that with effects are just they're 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 that clean or they're that they're not like. They kind of just see, but I mean, they're clean, they're, but they're, they're, they're very part of the story. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not like oh, it's an effect, fucking, or you know, you know, you're getting it, you know. But it's just I so kind of like it's I, such a tidy format. I do, I do yeah. like effects as well. Where obviously, if you see space or you see like fucking Star Wars, like a spaceship or an explosion, yeah. you know, it's you're still even though it looks real, you're still aware of the fact that it's an effect. But I like that in the Secret Life of Walter Murray, the effects are of real places. But it's just kind of enhancing those things, yeah. oh, so it makes it all the more it's, powerful. It's, it's you know what I mean? So I mean, you can't. You, I mean, like sometimes you can look at that and you're not aware it's an effect. You just like photograph it, just shot that really well. Saying, "Come, just the finger saying." That's right, Sean. That's the same. You got a cameo, <laughs> so I forgot about that. But uh, no, the 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 bit, the scene that kind of really got me on board with it was uh, when he's he's deciding whether or not to get on the helicopter, mm. and she starts Custom playing. Custom Wings playing. Uh, uh, fucking dead boy. Uh, we're all terrible people. <laughs> but yeah, she. What the fuck is it in that song? <laughs> everybody just knows that line. Everybody knows, everybody knows. knows every lyric that song, but not, but not the name of it. Yeah, I want to watch this. I got a fucking day, 
I know when she starts playing that air and then he fucking jumps in the helicopter like that's the part I thought yes I'm on this yeah, film yeah, and, like, yeah. I really I really love that thing I think that that is the top part of that film where that, yeah. just that whole moment he's like ah fuck us and just go for it like, mm. that's, that's but yeah great. so the second character of the right oh you got two you come with a, a that's, pick no, that's what I'm saying this is the one you're going to hate alright okay Michael Bay <laughs> oh, uh, Michael Bay is a good director. He just does shit narratives. He just does shit films. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Do. He's a good yeah. Here, basically professionally and at doing his job, he is good at what he does. Very good and making fucking bank. And as well, no, I that, mean he that makes man, good films. Yeah, that man, that man has a serious amount of pressure and the fucking budgets and everything that he has to kind of handle and all the, some of the fucking spectacles he pulls off. I just think he should be. I was, I was having a conversation. I don't know what we. There's a friend of mine who just fucking hates it. Anybody can entertain the idea of having a discussion with Michael. Just call. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this thing I just thought like because I, I remember it was this thing I was just oh, one of these sort of like shots sort of binges where I was just looking at the way people shot stuff and all and I was watching like there's a sequence at the end of The Rock where Nicolas Cage he, he you know he, he has the he gets slightly infected and he has, he has the adrenaline shot and then he has to take out a flare out of his Aye. thing and then he has to do this here and then he has to wave them and all and I was just watching how many fucking shots <sighs> were involved in that because that's essentially three actions he gets infected he's walking along he takes a flare out I will make Michael Bay has the three second ruler <laughs> he, do, he does like you know and fucking you know it's just I was watching the involvement in it but you know it does take a real skill to get a lot of the work yeah to get it to move yeah. in the way they that maybe, it does they maybe chop a film so much and obviously have the three second rule like you're saying and have, and have super it quick like, but I mean, start actually make it slow Lerman's properly fucking unreal at it, like. yeah but see, if you do that wrong, then it is unbelievably Aye. jarring, and it, it could literally make your head hurt. I love a rock. So I get, get that smoothness. The rock's fucking sweet. I, I mean, he, he did Bad Boys for air. I I thought Bad Boys was right. I wouldn't be mad about it. like. It's, but a, there's, bit, there's, it's a bit up its own hole. There, there's people that really love Bad Boys, hence Bad Boys too. But um, and Bad Boys three. Uh, they're thinking about Bad Boys. No, three. It's, it's oh, is it actually happening? Happen Bad Boys three. Yes. Okay. I got left off the news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the rock's fucking sweet. Um. Trans- the first Transformers is good. I th- I thoroughly enjoyed the first, the first one. Trans- it's good on introducing the characters. Yeah, but then all, all the rest. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the like second a- one, the one done for uh, me. The second one is not only so over the top. I think it's the second or the third one. But the thing that really, 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 really actually, some of the set pieces in the third one, I was like, that's fucking, I've never seen something like this before. The, the, the third one was slightly something. better than the second yeah, one. That, that, the no, the third one, I thought, was was when you started to see what he, you know, he just went, I just do it, you know, just let him do it. And just he just thought of the maddest, biggest fucking set pieces. <laughs> the he thing that great me was and that's, the you know, people rock him sets, like, stereotypical african-american fucking transformers that he had in like the second or third one no it's mexicans, I mexicans, really, mexicans no no it was it was like they it's, were like it's in all them he has I, ethnic they, fucking they, transformers they, in they, all that, of them that that they, it wasn't even borderline racist it was just I fucking know, racist it's, like it's, and i remember it's, seeing it's, that yeah. and you could see like no, women, no you could see fucking, you could see kids and stuff like that laughing they don't know any better like they, they just think you know somebody we have you know oh, doing a that's funny a black voice guy or something like that but i was like this is just massively fucking insulting. Fucking uh, African Americans or black but, people. But whatever. even the designs of some of the Transformers doesn't even make sense. Like in Transformers Four, one of them have a have a has a beard made out of metal. Uh, like white, and he's he's smoking a cigar. Remember, at, the, at, the <laughs> start, at the start of Bad Boys Two, there's a Ku Klux Klan scene where the two bad boys are dressed up in the Ku Klux Klan gear, and then you've got a standard like 
you know, the cameras on the ground and the slow motion, they throw off a good cloth can and ah, pull yes. out two pistols. And they're like, yes. you know what I mean? It's just like, you're all fucking, it's all in the way. She is all. Yeah, um, even though it was slagging off, like, he was slagging off the rest of Transformers ones. But uh, another one, Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain's a good film. Yeah, it is. It's I fun. Re- yeah, I really fun. enjoyed Pain and Gain. It is fun. I think, I think it's the rock that makes it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like I think Empire said recently that The Rock is one of those actors that if you have the worst script and the worst director and the worst budget on earth, as long as you have The Rock, it will be watchable. No, there was a producer <laughs> said, what is it, it, it uh, they called him Franchise Viagra. Oh, by God. <laughs> <laughs> Franchise Viagra. That's so good. Was not I, because when he was introduced to the Fast series, uh, it kind of shot up series. Fa- fast yeah. Five just fucking took well, off. Fa- actually, Fast Four, because I'm... I, I, that, that's it's my guilty pleasure. I have Fast and Furious. I watched all of them, apart from the last one, so I'm saying it. But uh, Fast Forward came out, and I think there was something saying that Fast Forward, because Diesel was back in it, I think Fast Forward made more than oh, the previous three put together. Fuck. Just because Diesel was back in it. Is it not the Fast 7 has been the quickest film they had a billion? Uh, quickest film in a billion ever. Ever? It definitely didn't have a billion, but I think, I know, I I think, think it is the quickest one. I know. He brought, that's one that Although, rocks Avengers might have knocked that off, not sure. That's mm-hmm. made a billion True enough. recently. And then when Star Wars comes out, no, that's no, going to knock every record off. No, Fast was quicker. I think that when the Avengers comes out, that's going to, sorry, when Force Awakens comes out, I think that is going to break box office records. I do think that it will top Avatar. I do. Because I think we were talking about that a few weeks ago. The internet will break. <laughs> the other will fucking explode. Anyway. But yeah, so that's that's my two underrated directors. Well, obviously, it's my topic. My underrated director, I'm not sure if you should really aware of him, but I think that he's one of the, the finest uh, filmmakers in uh, American cinema, and he's not a household name whatsoever. It's Hal Ashby. I love Hal Ashby. Hal Ashby. Last uh, detail, though, that shit. What I love about Hal Ashby is the fact that he has done so many films that are so cool. Well, so so constantly significant. Less than ten films, isn't That's it? I'm saying he's got a very small filmography, yeah. but all the films that he has done has been so fucking good. And not only it's that, so specific he made, too. Yeah, exactly. So specific and so varied, so different as films are. Basically, Hal Ashby has done the last detail, which is about two sailors arresting another sailor and taking them to prison. But on the way, they go through New York City and kind of find themselves. He's done. Uh, gonna do it over at Battle <laughs> He's done being there, which is kind of about. It's almost like an idiot savant. Basically, you think he's got Asperger's, played by Peter Sellers. It's he's Peter a, Sellers kind of swan song too. Yeah, it? that's Peter Sellers' swan song. But he's a he's a he's a servant in this house. And then what is it? Is a 
his employer dies and he kind of then goes and finds himself. Yeah, he done coming home, which is essentially a film about coming back from Vietnam. But throughout all of Hal Ashby's films, I'm not saying he's not the most visually spectacular director. I think that visuals and aesthetics kind of come second to him. It's the fact that he's done so many good yeah. narratives that just bring you in, and he's got we, this we, unbelievable we, talent yeah. of drawing excellent performances. I personally point. think that I personally think we've chatted yeah. about before that uh, Jack Nicholson's performance in the last detail is his best performance for uh, me. I actually think it tops the shame. I guess, I guess the mo- it's it's all a Jack you would ever need. Like. But I mean, like I think, I think, I think <laughs> no, but I think it's the most. I think it's, it's great. The, like, I, love I think it. it's the first is, time is we that get the tagline. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's all a Jack. But I think that. $50,000 but I think that it's one of the few times you see because when yeah. Jack's on a phone it's just Jack like there's no character it's just Jack just, being Jack just, just, I know I'm backing up here but it's just uh, Judd Abato actually cites Hal Ashby for his shooting stage do you know that Seth Rubens for a phone was the last detail uh, well, there you go. So there's, there's a big Hal Ashby thing going through. But I, just the way he should, you know, Jared Abbott. There's a huge realism that goes through Hal Ashby stuff. Because for a long time, I always thought that Jared Abbott was kind of lazy in the way he shot sometimes and this kind of stuff. Mm. But he actually says, no, it's deliberately Hal Ashby. He just, he just likes that that real blocked off. Just not 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 too over. Just Static and you know. maybe the old room or the old ah, just, you know, that's just But the thing is, is that Hal Ashby knew himself that he was that good a director with uh, actors and he, he formed these great characters that he knew that he didn't have to do these but crazy oh, fucking dragon shots. Too, hey? Oh, oh, I didn't even bring up Harold Mollick, which is fucking maybe yeah. one of the most counterculture films that there is Naturally. about a relationship between a fucking 16 year old boy and an 80 year old woman. And like Hal Ashby handles it so fucking delicately. Cass but Mitchie, but Mitchie, yeah, yeah, oh, it's so good. Well, yeah. he's not called Cass Stevens anymore, is he? No, he's called the Sun Bin Laden. Or was it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got the. I mean, like, Harold Maud, I mean, even that narrative alone, like, look at the narratives I've talked about already and how fucking buried they are. And it's just how he presents these characters. And what I always loved about it, he always talked on hugely challenging scripts. Like, who else could take on a script about a fucking 16 year old boy falling in love with an 8 year old woman and them having a sexual uh, relationship? Uh, you kind of feel like Hal Ashby just walks on at this place where there's meetings and he just goes over to the van and goes, dusts it off and goes, mines. <laughs> exactly, yeah. uh, that's a perfect point. They're like, he, no! seemed, he seemed to think the scrubs that nobody else would touch uh, and made fucking classics. I mean, like, coming home, Harold Maud being there, the last detail. Uh, they're stone cold classics of American cinema. And as well, they're always fucking politically barbed you would say too and he always gets his point across about what he felt what he felt about America at that time in a way the kind of time capsules of that period uh, and like it, it, it gives so much more fucking like relevance to the films too but he is an incredible director simple as that and you should fucking check him out because a lot of people I know even big fucking film fans have no idea who Hal Ashby is and it kind of yeah. fucks me off because he's got so have much have you seen American Sweethearts is, is uh, mad about the American Sweethearts no but I'm saying because just there's a Hal I, I think that's a Hal Ashby reference I think Christopher Walken is meant to be Hal I th- he's called Hal Sohan mm. but there's like all these sort of things where he's like a happy and all and he's Hal, living Hal out smokes I, fuck, I, know, I was trying to call myself, I couldn't just do it. Nothing came, nothing came. That's what she said. But uh, what do you call it? Uh, it was. Happens uh, to the best. It was not, it was because he, he just he had a happy thing going on, he had long hair and all that there, and he was just, it was a sort of a controversial director, and all, and he's just this character, and I always thought it might have been based on how I speak, but I don't know. Like. Nah, he's an excellent director, and I would uh, implore you to check out even one of his films because it'll lead you on the next one. Okay. Hair's topic. You want to go next? Uh, aye. 
Uh, Fuck this hands ever keep getting all this fucking composing work. Wow! <laughs> 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 the very dramatic oh. moment. Hey. We were talking about the rock and all that there, and all. I, I remember actually it was like fucking GCSE music. I was sixteen, right? And all then it was just this sort of quiz Friday. Keep it light. You get a packet of crisps or something if you want. You know, to, this kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, Which it was in your music class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I got slapped. We got right. Yeah, it, was, it was a new teacher. It was Brendan McGinn. He was, he was trying to get down my kids. Like, and he says, "All right, we'll do quizzes and we give prizes and all." And uh, no, he, he, he won us over. Won us over. Absolute giant. Anyway, but uh, it was this thing where he, he played. He played Sahan from uh, a soundtrack, and uh, he said, you know, it was just it was standard like wah 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 whatever, just all this sort of stuff. And it was I was just listening to it and I was just going. That's the shutter scene from Iraq. When they're all getting fucking executed. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Michael Bean just fucking hangs down that tunnel and you just see Michael Bean upside down dead. And I was hearing all that's it. And that's that slow motion scene where Ed Harris is just all, you know what, uh, Street's Fire, Street Fire. Oh, it's yeah, that's great. I cannot give that Harris and our one. Oh, that we were chatting about the rock before. Like Tremendous. if you could, you could put the rock and the any farm, it doesn't matter how bad it is, it makes it better. Yeah. Ed Harris and our one, but anyway, continue. Yeah. And whenever this was on, this was one of these. It was like a pub quiz, except it was a music class, and you're 16, and there was no <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> just, just bags of crisps, <laughs> bags, bags of waffles. Like you, you, you were like, still <laughs> drunk then, <laughs> more like yeah. Yeah. obviously. I mean, like, it was something uh, bug fast, not bugs. Uh, Before yeah. geography. <laughs> Natch. But, uh, <laughs> and it was just this thing, and he put this on, and I realized, like, blah, 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 and I quite said, no, and I was just all, God, that's one, lads. I was like, no, that's Iraq. And I actually went there, rock, in brackets. Yeah. These the sure scene where worse. everybody gets executed, bosh, Boys. see after. There's one point, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, the multi-packs are all me. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like, I have it. Like, I, I just wanted out six bags of walkers there, but... Like, <laughs> six bag each. And I remember fucking, uh, he comes up and he's just all, oh, no, actually, that's wrong. And I was just all, what? They fuck. That's wrong. That's, that's right. <laughs> and he was just all, uh, he's all, no, actually, I think I'll find this from Gladiator. Uh, and I was just all, and then when he kind of he went, and he kind of looked at it, and he listened to the track online, he goes... Actually, that's shockingly somewhere. Mm. It's all, nearly always the same track. Mm. It's somewhere, and I was just like, you fucking, give me a fucking point then. But it was just this is what I started thinking. <laughs> I got my hands number, just like fucking. So you, you've been thinking about this for 11 years. I've been cooking. I've been slow cooking. And been seething about this shit. You can't let people go off and get under own things as so long as you don't get under your crosshairs or phones that you like. Have <laughs> <laughs> And then it was one of these things, I think it was, uh, it was about uh, two years or whatever, whenever the Lone Ranger was out, I did not want to go see a film at all. Went to see a film the night before, and I says, I hope they fuckers not swear to the Lone Ranger on here, because my dad will want to go see it. <laughs> you know, because we were both in the cinema, and I thought, please don't. Would that be a key jangler for your dad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, became a fucking key jangler for me, I was just off, like... I love it. That is now the new phrase. For any film you're not interested in, you think it's shit, it is a key jangler. Aye, the, the keys that you've had in your possession for 15 years are more interesting than what's on fucking you're TV. You're so like. bored you're playing with your keys. I was like, I've never actually fucking, uh, you know, Hashtag key jangler. that part of that key. Anyway, 
But, um, I'm always surprised by my keys. Every time I take them out, it's like, Jesus, I don't know I had this much stuff. <laughs> Stacks of keys. Brilliant. <laughs> I have, I, have, I, have I, have so, I have so many keys on my keys. I was, they, they, none of them do anything. I have keys of keys. I, I have one key that I use, but somehow I've got like 15 keys on my keeper. And the best thing is as well, it's almost like a fucking family heirloom now. I've got I've got a wee I've got a wee che- I've got a wee keychain for Beachwood taxis that shot them like twenty years ago. <laughs> I must have had these keys forever. No, I, I, st- I still have the key of where I used to live over in England, and it's like just in case I ever go back and feel like breaking into the house. Right. Just the key to locker. I have the key to locker. I had in the job that uh. I fucking left six years ago. I still have that locker key. It's still on there. I still have my school locker. Ah <laughs> oh, no way! I think that basket. You've been asking for like fucking ten years. <laughs> but continue on my hands over. What the fuck are my hands over now? Oh no, but when when you first What the fuck know it, even though this man's been boiling for eleven years to get this point. <laughs> no, but when you first brought up yeah, about that, When you first said to me about doing the uh, talk about Hans Zimmer, the first thing that came to my head was uh he did that piece of music for Inception. I think it's just called Time. Yeah. And then he did basically the exact same piece of music for Twelve Years Slave. Yep. Mm, yep. Yep. But it's it's the really emotional one. No, no, the one to keep. It's played about ten times in twelve years later. I know exactly what one you're talking about, but it's fucking very hard to get across here. That one that he's doing is, you know, the Inception one was slightly new. Although, in all fairness, I do say that every you know, every fucking trailer now is using that technique of doing. I do think. I do think they want. Oh no, they're ripping it off and it's all. No, it's actually hands over. I do think the Inception soundtrack, going all fairness, just they they put a point like against it. I think the Inception soundtrack's unbelievable. You know, I mean, I'm really mixed up on. But it was just there's been. I mean, I'm talking. I do that genuinely in my life. Like, if anything, like, kind of happens, like. Wow! <laughs> so that just shows the effect that a composer can have that it, it, it punctuates moments in your life. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, the thing about the rock and the gladiator thing, I mean, I could go on and on, but there's all these different comparisons and all that there. But, you know, I think it was it was one of these things where, like, uh, as I said, I was watching that uh, Lone Ranger. I just hope they fuck this trailer's not on, whatever. Sure enough, it was on at the front of this film. But I was like, oh, we should go see that tomorrow. And I was like, oh, for fuck, because maybe I go away. I think I'll wear a couple of days and I'll have a few pints and I'll go to the cinema and this kind of thing. And then uh, it was just like, because uh, we go to uh, the cinema every night. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, Lone Ranger is on, we had to go fucking see it. And then, uh, but they see it and I think I drafted off about halfway through it. I think I think I lost interest in, uh, on, on numerous levels. Yeah. And uh, the first one was because I actually, I started to turn the tables and sort of go happy days. Hands ever when Sherlock Holmes came out, I said that's a fucking cool score. Yeah, that's right on. Like that's that sound fresh. It's something he hasn't done before. He's not fucking pastiche himself. This kind of thing. But um, what happened then is uh, sorry for the noise and mic for the listeners. Uh, I was plugging back in. Probably put the new fucking battery on. We've on that. But one. it was like I went down day Lone Ranger, and I was just kind of going. It had honestly. Honestly, fuck, it wasn't even like a new score. It was a cross between Sherlock Holmes and it was a cross between Batman and Sherlock Holmes, the score. And I was just like, not only that, no, it, not, not only that, they fucking used the harmonica theme from fucking Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. You know, and not only that, fucking the Pirates of Caribbean, let them, you know, they're fucking Disney, go fuck off, that's grand. Do, do whatever you want, just 
that's grand, it's dead poppy, nobody gives a shit. It's it's that level of fun yeah. where nobody gives a fuck if you're ripping off every soundtrack on this one. That's here, Lone Ranger, they were trying to do something. I know it's going for again and it's pirates, but I thought this is gonna be slightly different again. But it was that harmonica theme and it was fucking Sherlock Holmes and it was just you're, you're kinda of going why is this right song you? This yeah. is really annoying. It's just like you know, it's just, it's just for, it just feels fucking lazy. Like I have this twelve years of slave one, so you might recognize it then from Inception. We don't have the rights for that. We're reviewing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's out there for a critical debate, so we can actually use this. That came here. Did it work? Yeah, it's pretty much how Charlie Brooker gets away with everything he does. You know, I mean, like obviously skewering stuff. Plus, like plus we're talking over as well, so no one, no, nobody, nobody. It's actually not the track. No, but, but that's, see, that, that no, is that's identical the one to the Inception one. Yeah, that is identical to the Inception. That's what I mean, it's just annoys me. Like, you know, I mean, Intermark. I'll bring that. Danny Danny Elfman has techniques. He uses again, but he doesn't use the same track again. I, Danny Elfman's phenomenal as a composer. I, I think, think he, I think he's, he's one of besides maybe John Williams, the most well-known composer, and you know, you know, musician for or, or fucking head musician for any film. <laughs> I remember I went to see. I went to see. That was the encore. I went to see. Hang on, hang on. Is this a comparison? This is this yeah. is the Inception one now. It's just like a like yeah. a, a, a fifth or third version of it. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's that slow fucking piano key with a bit of reverb basically over it. But it's yeah. the same fucking. No, but like, it's like it's, 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 it's the same chords, but it's actually just he's 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 like yeah, he's, brought he, he's brought it down an octave, but he's actually when you like, when you look at it that way, I mean, like it does kind of create you in the fact that how much that man's getting paid and how much fucking like that's amazing. I mean, it's like, 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 like why the like, fuck are you just like after one? In Inception, that's called time, and then in Twelve Years a Slave, it's called Solomon's theme. That's the same fucking piece of music. Same, just the same piece of music. That man is fucking laughing I, all the way to that man. I laughing all the way. Like, that man is still in love. You may as well be Hans Gruber. Like you turn around, you know the best thing is as well. See when hey, oh no, it's see, just called Solomon. Yeah, the best thing is see last night all the up. I was going to say that. See when we were texting about you know chatting about the topics for today and stuff. I got your text. I wonder if I looked at him since I seen Hans. I thought your topic was how the fuck this Hans Gruber still keep getting. Away. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one phone. <laughs> He, he just calls Alan Rickman Hans Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> or Snape. Hans, Hans, Hans Gruber Snape. fucking rocked up on Harry Potter. Severus Gruber. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Hans, Hans Gruber is trying to get the chamber sick control. He'd be an author bastard. Harry Potter would get a log and he'd be fucking cleaned out straight away. Right. Hans Gruber created the myth of Voldemort so we just get into the chamber of secrets. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen a single Harry Potter film so I don't get that right. I don't get that right. My topic is... Films that you think should have gotten a sequel. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I don't know if it's Mystic Rubber. Should have a sequel, but certainly that's such a contained film. That's... No, I just I want to see the Empire. I want to see, I want to see Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon turn into like an Empire thing. Well, that's a pretty it's, interesting thing. It, it, it's sort of, it's sort of, at the very end when your man just he goes when he went Sean Penn opens his hands like it's here and then Kevin Bacon goes to get. Yeah, like, it's oh, like a, there's a there's a thing between I mean, like, that's a kind of a left field one in the fact that most ones we would be probably chatting about is maybe franchises that don't take off maybe due to per box office or oh, per right, triangle right, or right. No, but no, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. But I like the fact that you've kind of brought that because nobody would ever thought to do a sequel to that because obviously it's based on that. I remember seeing it. It's based, it's based on, on the Lehane novel. I want to read the books. What the fuck's happening? Oh, I find out what happened. But it's, it's just it's, a contained book as well. It's based right? on the Dennis Lehane novel. Like, so it's kind of mm. an interesting one. I, there's so many. The first one I popped into my head, maybe because we were chatting about it recently, 
is uh, Dread. Dread was fucking yeah, exactly. yeah. It was, it was Dread that kind of got me thinking about it, really. It was made on fuck off. Nah, right? it was made in a very, very tight budget. It is. It was, it's it's it I thought it was a good one. No, see, the thing is... It, no, but, was there a crowdfund or something? No, they, no, they were trying to do a crowdfund. There was like a whole petition thing going about and all. The whole thing about Dread is that it was absolutely... It was critically... Yeah, which doesn't count. It was critically adored, but... Just nobody For every bond in the box office and nobody went they say it, which is kind of strange because people especially in like the, the, the United Kingdom and Ireland are aware of Judge Dredd obviously it had a bit of a follow in the states so why is that the receiver marketing thing? I don't know what it is it probably still you put too many explosions you put too many whatever I mean if you just have one fucking banging yeah. poster I think the I what you're say, and I know I know the point you're gonna make. They just think it still it had, had the it the, the sting yeah of the last dread, and maybe people yeah. fucking had that attached that Sylvester Sloan fucking train wreck that they don't. But uh, we talked about it about last week, so I'm not gonna go in depth about how good the film is. But it definitely deserved a sequel, and the fact that it was so well made on the tight budget, it was a really I like the fact like a, like I said last week it was a really contained storyline for mm. like a comic book fucking thing. All the enough though like we were talking about before, is that I think that what kind of killed its chances is the fact that the raid had the raid had an exceptionally fucking similar storyline about getting yeah. up the tower block. And I that, see, that's another thing as well. And that I massively, that. massively overperformed. <laughs> and I think that kind of stole Dread's thunder. I think if the raid would have been released, you know, a couple of months after, Dread would have done much, much better. But I think it's the fact too that Carol Urban does not get enough credit on how well he paid Dread because the whole thing about Dread is that he is supposed to be completely and utterly on a motive. And let me tell you something, see, for an actor, you pride on yourself. Good, no, but I mean, like, for an actor, the whole, your fucking main weapon, your main tool is your face and your expression, your body language. And how hard is it? Precisely. How hard is it for an actor to get across so many emotions when he is literally working with a bottom of his nose and his mouth? You can't see the top it's half of his head. I want to come slightly come back to The Haunted because there, there was a scene, there was a, a scene at the start of the Kosovo executions, right? And, it's, and a, it's an acting scene, but it was like, it's just, you know, it's all about subtlety to me. I really downplay it and whatever. And it was just, and it's all about, you know, action and where's it going and this kind of thing. And it was just, it was, it's a horrific scene where you're seeing like 10 people lying on the ground and then there's three people just machine gunning them mm-hmm. and then there's their boss. But it's just the expression he has where he's, you know, he's kind of, he has like a sort of lower down kind of eyebrow and he's kind of like, whatever. And he, he's, he's just, he's too into it or something. Or, He's too young to being vacant. He's like really trying to be vacant about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas he just, he, he should have been just, this is like every day of the week. You yeah. know, it should have been, this is like my job. This is like going to work and clapping. And this and clapping is just fucking a natural day. And it's just, it's just, we just, we things that got there. And you're saying about, you're, 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 you're like, you're fucking right on about it too. Like, it is because it, it even at that incredible performance. Playing playing deadness that got there. Is he, People think it's just like... Uh, you think it's easy and being white white it's, it's not. It's, it's hard. And the thing is, even Carol Urban doesn't even have that fucking you know, benefit because you can't fucking see his eyes. So he has voice. to get across all emotion from basically his fucking jawline and everything about it. But even how he moves, how he moves is how I imagine Dread. He moves very robotically and he's really fucking uptight. It, and then even the, at that, the action scenes are fucking obviously incredible. But it's that kind of, it's, it's almost like it's got that video game aesthetic, like moving up the levels, mm. kind of going up and up. And like we were saying, like obviously the raid stole its thunder. But I, I like that, there was something very gratifying about moving and you're like, oh fuck, will he get to the next level? Will he get to the top of the tower? You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. you know he is, but it, you're, you're fucking hooked on. Yeah. And Just, I think, as yeah. well, I think Don brought up last week, our, our dearly departed, who hopefully will be back next week. Hope ah, this, this is not, this is not <laughs> He's dead to me, he's dead to me. But uh, Don brought up last week too that. 
for the dread world because it's so confined that it's just one small tower block in this whole yeah. world of dread uh, you know what i mean that it's setting because you got judge death and stuff like that and there's so much more that you could do i mean like you could literally do like a fucking you know if, if the films were as good as the first one five six seven dread sequels if needs be because there's such a, a fucking potent world or not sorry not a potent such a a, a rich world Dreadways and narratively that could be mine, you know what I mean? For yeah. for many moons, but yeah, dread's mine, so okay. I have three, you have three. <laughs> well, that's your topic, so you've come prepared. We have two more, Jen. I believe, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really mad one, which afterwards is mine. Afterwards, but uh, the first one is Serenity, yeah, because that. That's just made to make sequels because yeah. it, obviously it comes from. It's, it's made. It will happen though. It's the. It's, it's the. 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 It's I I think, I, we, we, even if we didn't want to do it, you know, he doesn't have the rights to it. You know? Yeah, it's Fox, isn't it? Fox, I, like, Fox, Jesus, Fox, Fox was everything. <laughs> uh, Fox had the rights, but I think it was actually Universal that did Serenity then. Yeah. It's it's weird about Serenity because it is... It's a, conti- it's a continuation of a TV show, but it's... It's a continuation of a TV show, but the film is not referencing the TV show ever happened. It's just yeah. like its own separate see, thing. And I, and I think that, really well. that's what's... It's very, very good. I think Serenely, yeah. even if you didn't have any knowledge, which most people didn't go and they watched Serenely, had a knowledge of Firefly, it just stands alone. It's just a really good fucking sci-fi. Well written. Yeah. It's very well written. Like, you know, in terms yeah, of jazzy. not being self-referential and annoying. Yeah. If you're a fan, sometimes it's nice, but it's just like, I think sometimes... When Joss is on farm, it's phenomenal. It doesn't, it doesn't mean like I'm not grow up or grow older, but I think sometimes you just, you just need, you need to grow out of... Uh, it's just sort of, oh God, I want this reference, I want this reference. It's just like, fuck a reference. Just mm-hmm. you know, mix on a standalone and just do yeah. it. I mean, you know it's there. It's the same universe. It's grand. There's almost no way if you're referencing so much, then you're obviously not fully... I would say you're probably not fully convinced by your own work or you feel the need to have the reference on they make your scene interesting well, certainly what, what, if, what if, uh, if your scene or your writing was good enough then you would make it interesting on its own right what he's making the Alien Blade Runner same universe reference I have I, I kind of thought about that it, it seems very very interesting like, but right, I've the, never heard this wait wait it, it started off with me right because I was, I was uh, I'm a fucking massive Blade Runner fan now and I've got the like there's the normal edition there's writer's so cut. you have the R7 editions as well and then, and then is that the director's writer's writer's cut and then there's the, the what I call the sad edition where you have like fucking about seven cuts and that's and, uh, and I got it when it just came out so it was in a tan box you know it's fucking oh. class Anyway, you got a wee changer of uh, Decker pulling a gun in old class. But I drive party trick on that and par- like house parties and all you walk out and just. Pulling guns. Where do you see me, Decker? Where do you see me, Decker? Go me, please. But the thing I started thinking about was like because uh, uh, the cars rise and uh, like they're flying cars and and then Blade Runner and stuff and there's a there's a thing there's like an operating system on the car. And it just says purge when it rises and this kind of thing, and I just noticed because it's Alien. It's Ridley Scott. It's the same film. I was sort of going, they actually use the same thing in Alien, the same operating system on oh, the com- right on the computer. And I was kind of going, I wonder if that's whatever. No, I kind of thing. I just thought of it for a while and all, and I thought maybe maybe. Was it Terrell on that? Is it 
what, what would he call the corporation again? But, Team Rock Corporation, right? But then there's their, the, uh, there's this whole thing about, uh, is it the same word? It, it's sort of, it's stupid that they should be the same word. It's just maybe Ridley Scott has created the sweet, the sweet tie for a bit of laugh. But actually, actually what actually happened was for effects, they were running low on money. And they had a repurpose effect from previous films. I just fucking. And that's that's, that's that's the only reason that's happened. That's the only because I was staring stuff for ages to try and find out what happened. But that's the only reason it happens is they were running low money. They had to repurpose the same effect for one. But for a bit of crack, uh, somebody wrote a letter uh, from the Guy Pierce character in yeah. Prometheus, and he wrote a letter to somebody. Talking about blah, 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 and the City of Angels years ago, the man that lived at the top of the pyramid and all, and he's talking about Tyrell. Yeah. It's this big long letter. You can find it online. It's really cool. Right. But it's just it's just a sort of a fan pleaser. But right. it's just this letter which does tie the Prometheus alien word they played on her. It's just a bit of crumbling. Okay, my second film, which I think should get a sequel, is Leon. All right. The professional. It's pretty interesting one too. Again, I think it's just a confined film. I don't I, think it, it's necessary for a sequel. It is a confined film. But they could definitely do a sequel right now, and Natalie Portman's just a badass. Oh, in that way, yeah, that was actually really, really. She's just a yeah. badass professional. So essentially, it'd be a Leon sequel, but Leon is not the main. Like Leon, maybe well, he, he could have like a really old John Renault in the background, like kind of schooler and stuff like that, but he's retired or something. I, I fear you don't, you aren't remember remembering Leon correctly. Oh, should he die? That's right. <laughs> Spoilers for Leon. <laughs> I really fucking died. I completely forgot. He was actually a ghost the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Leon the sequel is just Casper. <laughs> this, this ghost of John Renault. <laughs> no, but the ghost of John Renault completely threw the tone of the film. Alright, alright. Right. I just, just, just look at him with Star Wars. He's a fucking force ghost. Uh, <laughs> really, over that, really over the top CGA ghost. They're yeah. fucking 90s, why look on CGI? I know, it's, CGI. it's like a projection in Star Wars, <laughs> it's just humping the room. Fuck all the other films, I'm just humping the white holly though. She's out like, like there in the hut and he's just fucking right. in the background. I'm trying to eat sandwiches because he's a ghost, he can't even get, get that sandwich. Because he's a ghost at all. Trying dying, for, dying for a can though. <laughs> can you get that because it's a ghost and you'll take it they can make it like a fucking they can make it like a a, a bully like a, a bully cop comedy she's sitting there fucking sit with her back oh, against the lawn she's up against fucking like 10 boys shooting it's not called Leon it's called Portman and Ghosty Portman and Ghosty no but if fucking if look if uh, two seconds one thing I will say to him her sitting there back against the wall about fucking 10 <laughs> her shooting away but she's outnumbered and you see him the bunny cop fucking from that trying to grab a gun he can't his hands going right through the raging just if look the song came out tomorrow and said oh I'm doing a Leon uh, sequel and it's and it, fucking slide on and it, no but it's Natalie Portman and she's a full on fucking professional she's a full on hitman actually I, and then, I, no I would watch it and then she meets a, a tiny if she boy develop, if, she, <laughs> if, if she developed it and if they all developed it as like a a proper sort of passion project I yeah and not it. just on as a fucking money maker like Aye, not no, just no, no. a fucking I mean, kicking let's, lane let's or face it, I mean Leon's great film but like it's, it's not a fucking money maker honest, I've never been a massive fan of Leon I yeah but I've, I've always thought it, it, it's a good it's a good thriller it's a good man film this is the thing that 
Matilda. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be called. Could be called Matilda. Oh, no, no, it could be called Matilda. Why? Because there's... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any other one. <laughs> no, they're not. Maybe old enough to Natalie probably could have like magic powers and like read a lot of books and stuff. And Danny DeVito could be your dad. <laughs> he directed as well. Right? Uh, I, I think it's his only film he directed. But anyway, but uh, oh, it just is a wee thing directing out there. Kevin Spacey and Danny Vito run a, a website called Trigger Street yeah. as well, where like you can upload films and out there, and they have competitions. They have competitions like short films sponsored by Stellar Artois and stuff. Uh-huh. But like, no, no, I think I don't know if he directed, but they did like a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, similar sort of thing because they did they him and Danny Vito to last stage. Yeah. Called oh, oh, it's like the big, the big, <laughs> the big song. It's like uh, the big, the big Kahuna. Yeah, that's Kevin Spacey and Danny DeVito and all. And that. I don't know if that was a Trigger Street production, but them two run Trigger Street and uh, just just interacting. I'll just give me head. But uh, I, no, as you're saying, the thing about the Leon, the reason I mean, I, I actually think the sequel would be better. I think the sequel uh, definitely would be a much better film, but because the reason I like Leon is because. It's the same reason that I'm a massive fan of Christopher Nolan films, is that they seem to always tick all these boxes of yeah, what of what, what we what we our idea of a good film, and for that reason, it's fucking dull. Yeah, and that's just that for me. No, I mean, John Arnold's great in it, and and, and you know, like, the only thing that saves all is the, the vivid performances. And actually, yeah, the so locations you, you, are great. I don't think there's any elevation or versatility. It's almost like we know no, but, I mean, what it's not. The only thing, I mean, it's, it's just sort of, you know, it's annoying that you've got, like, you've got John Renault, you've got Gary Oldman fucking acting his balls off, and you've got. Gary Oldman's a bit of a top in it. I think that he knew that that yeah, fucking yeah. role was supposed to be at the top, and he just fucking ate the scenery. He just went for it, like, you know what I mean? Fucking fair play. They're not fucking bullet holes in that. It's got this classic sort of Cosa Danny Yellow's in it as well, and all, and it's got this sort of. It's sort of weird, like it's sort of like when you when you, you know, when you're sixteen, you're all the ideal film that I would love to see. Like when you're really young and all, it mm-hmm. sort of is something like Leon. It has all these textures. Well, that could be then, bad love for it because I think I did say one was about sixteen. That is that, but then when you see it, you're kind of going, "I'm not surprised by anything in this film. This is how it should have ended. This mm-hmm. is where this went. This is where went. This is where this was going, and this is how I expected. This is how I wanted at the end. But it's almost like." That's why it's dull. You're, I'm not surprised. Right. By, and that's the thing. When right. I watched it, I was not surprised by anything in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the acting and apart from maybe the, the, the directing. But just the story, yeah. I thought was dull. Just. I uh, kind of always knew he was going to die. Ah, uh, he's getting taken out. They fucked it. <laughs> Spoilers <laughs> for the young man. But, um, take it out. In case you didn't hear take, it take, take it out. They it was like 21 years ago. Fuck him. Like I said before. Got a whole spoiler thing in this podcast, yeah. fuck him. Okay, yeah, Haley Joe Austin was a ghost the whole time, like I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we really need to wrap up here. So I'll just say, my third one was Jumper. I just like, there's a lot of mythology I there. fucking like Jumper, you know? I like Jumper. And I think there's a, a nice lot... poppy Saturday night. Text me all right, because it was Pish. <laughs> the Did you watch the last Sunday? The Pish. 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 But no, I, I, I think, liked, I liked, I I liked think, the I think idea got, of it, the conceit of it. It's a better fucking idea. Yeah, it's just wasn't it's that great. Right, like, and I just, I just think people have a bit of beef with I like seeing fucking Anakin fucking stretching yeah. it out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well. but I, I think you're right as well. I think that if it was any, because I mean, you look at Hayden Christian's career has completely not really, where the fuck was it? It's completely AC Shattered Glass. What? Hayden Christian's and Shattered Glass. Good you. Really? But anyway, I just I just kind of wanted to throw it in there as my third one. I think there's there's enough there to kind of 
delve more into it and their basic one. Yeah. But uh, okay, so that's that's everybody's topic. So let's do recommendations and wrap this shit up. Boom. Who wants to go first? Uh, yet again, every single week, even though I've got a week to think about this. And if I you get, don't have a recommendation, I can do one and you can make one. Oh, I mean, I can no, I can easily pick a recommendation. I'll just I'll, I'll fucking do one now. The first thing that shit under my head. I don't know. I kind of thought about it. Wish we're chatting about shit, you know, today. Uh, Moon by. Uh, Duncan Jones? David Duncan Boyle. Jones. I think it was probably because we were chatting about David Boyle and obviously it's David Boyle's song. Wow, but it's that Moon, <laughs> Moon by Duncan Jones. It is a fucking just an unbelievable film. I, I, I know it was a big had kind of big sleeper had a couple of years back, but if you, you haven't seen Sam it Sam Rockwell plays David Boyle. Sam Sam Especially it's the origin story of Ziggy Saros then. He he gets spoilers from it. He gets into the fucking capsule and just emerges. The last line's ground control for Major Tom. Show the origin story. Just watch. And you find out his name's Major Tom. Quiet. Let me give a recommendation. I'm torn between a few things. Like I'm He's he's going on the house. Don't mind You think he's he's talking more about me? Basically, all I'm going to say about Moon is that the thing that sold me on Moon is Sam Rockwell. The fact that he does. It's kind of weird. He does the same role but 20 different times in different situations and in different moods and that for me is masterly and then the fact that that film was shot I think oh it's a couple of years back now but I think that that film was shot on a 3 or 4 million pound budget and it looks like a film that's been done on about 200 million and for mm. a first time director to achieve the aesthetic and the stylistic fucking you know kind of uh, look that he got from that is phenomenal. My recommendation is a kind of small comedy. It came out a couple of years ago, I think maybe like 2012. Hotel Ronda. <laughs> <laughs> the Laugh Riot Hotel Ronda. No, um... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was called Goon. With Sean uh, Scott. Yeah. I fucking enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. The, the, the thing that got me about Goon is I, I just kind of stuck it on just as fucking, oh, it's there, I'll put it on. I've got to be back up for that too as well. And uh, in Goon, no, the, the reason why I enjoyed it so much is because Sean William Scott just plays this kind of actually like really lovable guy. He just mm. kind of plays like mm. kind of ne- nearly like Lenny from from uh of mice and men but less murder you know like, <laughs> like, he, he's just a kind of he's, <laughs> he's just oh sorry yeah. um, uh, less, no, he, less <laughs> yeah. and uh kill your wife already he wasn't married but um no um no i he, he does play this kind of big kind of like lovable idiot he does yeah, yeah. but he's but he is just such a nice guy in it, and it, it, is, it, it, it goes against kind of everything you think of. It is, it's it's, it's massive physicality, like, and sort of what I think it's where like Jason Siegel kind of raises who's a big guy, but he's just this special guy. He's harmless. I don't say that. He's a fucking oaf. That's why I enjoyed this film so much. And it's. It's it's just an it's just a nice wee comedy and really like I it just kind of makes you fall a little bit in love with Sean William Scott the way he plays going on the pattern from what we've been doing because the past couple weeks me and you have recommended something we both went and on each other's recommendations and watched you know what what each other fucking said so I'm definitely going to watch good and I'll say this right you've just said the words nice wee comedy and that stood out to me because that is a perfect sitting on phone I have obviously I love my girlfriend. 
she's killing that as only fun to me. So I mean, like, I, I can't fucking, I, I can't be whacking on the assassination of Jesse James like a slow burner or something like that there because mm. she will have the one. She'll switch off after like fucking three or five she'll months. Well, so what will they do? Use last one. <laughs> what we what we make better on the joke? What, what, what we always it, it'd be class if he had he had contact lenses with films on it. So I know, <laughs> I, he, he, he could just be all like, "Hey, no, we're stuck on legally blonde. I know bar happy days." And you saw, put the lenses on. You're watching Assassination Jesse James. There's all I thoughts, but hey, she's class. <laughs> I fuck. I was gonna. I was gonna recommend something else, but I was talking about the hunter earlier. I'm gonna. I'm gonna recommend. Uh, even the hunter was an underrated film. Do watch it. But what I would recommend is Sorcerer by William Friedkin, because uh, William Friedkin just he came on the fucking scene with French Connection, and then he made The Exorcist. His third film was Sorcerer. Right. The film itself is it's a tremendous fucking film. They end up in South America, and what happens is for whatever reason they end up having to transport this. Uh, highly, highly uh, flammable and explosive substance across Southern American roads to explode an oil rig so they can... Uh, well, basically, like, like I've told you before, it, you it, it's basically like an American remake of uh, Liz de Bullock. Uh, see, I've never really right that actually, right, right, yeah, it is, but I mean, uh, is that a... Christ, it's freaking it's best. Like, the film actually destroyed... Pretty, not, not, that's not destroyed, but the film itself, because McQueen pulled out and because Freakin wouldn't budge on the girl and all that there, there's a big story about that, is that the film actually kind of sacked his career. Yeah, oh, that, I, I know it ruined Freakin for many years, like. For a long time, like. But uh, it was one of these things where, I mean, if you follow the director going on and on, it's just, I mean, he did a lot of TV films, the bits and balls and this kind of thing, but uh, just... <sighs> As I said, I was watching The Haunted, right? I just got, I just really got reminded of Sorcerer as I was watching The Haunted. There's a scene at the end of Sorcerer, or sorry, The Haunted, with Tommy Jones and Benicia Del Toro, and they're not cutting the way they cut in the Bourne movies, where it's like right on. You know, Tommy Jones is... Gone Run still, basically, uh, where it's three seconds. Uh, it's bang, like bang, snap, bang, snap, bang, snap. Bang, yeah. Whereas these two guys are like, they're right on, they're like fucking serious actors. Benicia Del Toro is a serious actor, Tommy Jones, and they're both fast corners, not there. And Tommy Jones, no matter what age he is, you'll see him run up on, you'll see him properly combat fighting, and it's just, you know, you can see them at it, and you can see the fact of the shots, of the, uh, the shot choices, that that's the way it is, and I just love that, that, and you can see they're not using fucking CGA, and that's why I love it with William Friedkin, because he does not use CGA, he likes practical effects, and it's the same with Sorcerer, I was comparing, there's a sequence then where Tommy Jones and uh, Benicio Torre, the other hunted, are fighting, but there's a big waterfall, just, just, fucking water down behind him it's just like really fast and whatever but it's just there's something so carnal and human nature and it's like they're on rock there's no there's it's no natural. You, you can't see cities you can't see all this modernity you just see I two people that. fucking fight me knees it's and properly back to basics because it's, it's not even guns it's like, not even a city skip it's the most fucking uh, caveman of tools in a natural environment but I compare that to the sequence in fucking Sorcerer when they're trying to get there's like a rickety bridge where they have to cross this fucking heavy 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 bridge and then they take this bridge across it. And it's actually it's the poster shot for Sorcerer. And it's the key scene in it. And it's, it's so fucking, you know, so well shot, so well edited. And like I think they, they shot that scene for like three or four weeks. 
because it was that you know it's that intense. Yeah, it was the crux of the film. It was the whole. You know, it was I, a I, panel I, of I the think film. they had like they had like hoses, like fire fireman hoses. They had fucking choppers and all just to make the storm look mental. Mm. There was no I will fix it after. It was just fucking let's do it. And actually, I think it was like on three or four occasions they lost the bridge with the actors on the van, ah. and they had to fucking they had to get them back and all. And it's just you know it's just it's that dedication. They just let's get this fucking intense. Let's get it shot, again, you know, yeah. Just get it. They fuck and. Uh, just I store stories, man. Say so it's just on the board. All right. Zone. Okay, we'll wrap it up there, kids. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. If you enjoyed mm. the episode, tell your friends about it. Spread spread the word. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever yeah. social media you use. Also, you can subscribe, leave comments, reviews on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. You can also ask us questions, suggest a topic on. Let's talk more movies at gmail.com. Boom. I have been your host, Michael Breslin. Sean Coyle has been Sean Coyle. Yay. Carl Marin has been Carl Marin. Sweet. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye. Thank you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,